0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter Torpey. Hello, I'm
1: Nancy. And I'm Pete. Through the years, we've spoken with many blind individuals in many different professions, including science and art and law, all kinds of things. This week,
0: We have something a little bit different, though. We'll speak with Eden Kaiser, a totally blind professional tarot card reader and psychic, about how she got into that field and how she's turned it into a profitable business that she can do from the comfort of her own home. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Eden Kaiser. Do you have a tip
2: Let me do a card and see what comes up. Well, let me
0: ask you a question then to go with the answer. Is this show going to be any good?
2: Well, the strength card is showing up. I would say it's got strong people on it, Uh, good advice. Um, And the empress card is showing that you're pretty creative and can get rid of any issues I might have.
1: Phew. Well, that's a relief. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by
0: Ira, an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Eden.
2: Hi, my name is Eden Kaiser.
0: Many of our listeners have visual impairments. Do you?
2: I am totally blind. I have been since birth, off through elementary, middle and high school. I was mainstreamed. And then I went to Florida State, um, studied social work, but got overwhelmed and, uh, kind of just floated around for a while and then decided to do my own thing. And uh, I started my new line of work about three or four years ago.
1: And what do you do for fun?
2: I play harp. I also compose music on the keyboard. You said you started a new venture
1: several years ago. Can you tell us what that is?
2: I can. I decided that... Most of the jobs that Valkyrie have was offering me were, were just not things I wanted to do. I wasn't really the kind of person who enjoyed doing customer service, or, and I really didn't want to do tech. I always felt drawn to helping people. That's why I studied social work, but the confines of the roles you had to follow and, you know, what you could or couldn't say were frustrating to me.
1: Those vocational rehabilitation services can sometimes be kind of limiting in terms of what areas they guide people into.
2: Yes, they can. And I decided, first of all, I wanted to work at home. That was the one thing. And I decided I was tired of waiting on them. So I have had a gift to sense what's going on with people like emotionally and to sense their feelings for a long time. So I decided that I wanted to enhance that by learning to read tarot cards.
0: I have a silly question for you. Your name is just perfect for a psychic. Did you make it up, or were your parents prescient and knew that you were going to go into this business?
2: Well, I changed my name legally, but it was long before I started doing this.
0: So you were prescient.
2: Yeah, I guess so.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: I just changed it because I, I didn't think uh, my old name suited me. Made my mom mad, though. <laughs> oh, good.
0: Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners.
1: Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to
0: hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is How Eden is Able to Be a Successful Psychic and Tarot Card Reader. Can you describe to our listeners what tarot cards are and what it means to read them for somebody?
2: Sure. Um, they're cards that typically have pictures on them. There's four suits of cards, plus what they call a major arcana, there's 22 of those, and then the other four suits are like playing cards, and each card has symbols, and they all mean different things. You know, like the Ace of Cups has a, a cup on it, and it's two people together and holding on to that cup. And it's a love situation, and it usually indicates the beginning of a love. It's not really important to know the symbols as much as what they mean. And there's different variations on what they can mean, depending on what the question is asked.
0: How do you use them?
2: Tarot cards can do anything from give you guidance in a spiritual way or give you advice on what you know the strengths or weaknesses of a situation are. They can somewhat give you outcome, but my readings tend to focus on on free will and perhaps not so much, will this happen, but what can I do to possibly make this happen the way I want it to, or how can I accept this if it's not what I want? It's about phrasing to get the, the right information or the most helpful information.
0: So most people regard tarot cards as being visual. How do you tell which is which?
2: That's a good question, Nancy. I have the cards brailled. Um, my partner is cited and he put labels on other cards. And so I know what the cards are as far as the symbology. I admit to not focusing on that as much, But I have written out different things, what they mean from different books or things I thought were important. I created a journal and, you know, a lot of it's memorized meanings. And some of it, when I'm not sure what I think it is, I have references, lots of books or things that I go to to try to determine what I think makes the most sense in that particular reading.
1: So what kind of information usually comes out of these readings?
2: It's not magical. I'm not psychic. I can't tell, um, you know, what your mother's name is or, uh, you know, exactly what you're doing right this second. You know, I might be able to tell somebody, you know, what is the likelihood of you getting a certain job or more like how can I really go about getting this job? Things like that. You know, it just depends. (laughs)
1: So in terms of the interpretation of these cards and what they mean, are there compendium books and references that go along with the cards from which you draw material? Or is, does it all come from within you and your experience?
2: Oh, no, not just me. I, I, I'm sure a lot of it does come from experience because I've been doing it for a while. But when, you, especially when you first start, sure, I have lots of references. That's why they, you're encouraged by your mentor if you get one which I did and it was the best 500 I ever spent she went through all the you know different places that I could get ideas and there are books that are considered good standard type of books that people like to use and but there's no right or wrong meaning that's it is up to the individual to interpret and to make sense of the Of the cards together, you know, because it's not just about knowing the meanings, but it's about weaving them into the story, because it's not just drawing one card, it's a spread. And you would use a different spread for different questions.
0: What is a spread?
2: What a spread means is, like, each part of it would represent part of the question, or You know, like if you're asking a love question, you know, what's going to happen between me and this person? One card might represent how you feel. One card might represent how they feel. And one card might represent the outcome.
1: So I've only seen this in movies, but my impression is that you're sitting there with a subject and they ask a question and you pull several cards off the deck, randomly, put them on the table, face up, look at them, and interpret them. Is that the way it goes?
2: For a person who's doing in-person readings, you're absolutely correct.
1: But you work from home.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I did for the past three years. I mostly worked at an agency that just sends me calls. And it's sporadic. And I started to build some some credit there. People enjoyed what I did. I also started providing email readings off eBay and got a lot of credential there. And then most recently, um, (laughs) I found a very lucrative position doing texting readings.
0: How do the online readings work?
2: There's an app. Thankfully, it's accessible. Hallelujah and uh i get orders they come through and i answer them and i get paid for every one of them and i can do between 75 and 150 of them a day wow they're short they're text there's three or four sentences
0: uh-huh so as you were just describing you look at the cards you interpret what they mean So the answer depends heavily on what cards you happen to draw out of the pile. If you're doing these tarot card readings with somebody via email or online, how do they know that you're really pulling random cards and not just making it up?
2: That's an interesting question. Um, Some sighted readers send photos. I don't typically do that. I've never had anyone question my veracity. I've always been told thank you. i provided answers that made sense to them. I, I guess if I started providing off-the-ball answers that made no sense to them, maybe they'd ask me that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they seem to be happy with what you're telling them and the service they're getting.
2: Yeah. What I really like about the texting one is I can actually admit like that I work there. I actually work under my own name, Like, I could tell people, oh, you can find me here, my other job. I had to pretend to be, uh, you know, another person's name, and and I like being more honest. So I'm really a lot happier with the new job.
1: You mentioned an app that people can use to get you to read tarot cards for them. I'm wondering what the app is called, and when someone downloads it, what the experience is like from their end when they use it.
2: Sure. Um, It's called Psychic Text. That's two words, um, but it's spelled weird. It's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C, and then it's space, T-X-T.
1: So say I pick up this app and I get into it. Do I look for you specifically or someone I know, and what happens?
2: Um, You can do a search. In fact, it's better if you know an advisor's name because what I will say about the app is from a user point of view, if you're just searching through the advisors, it's a nightmare because it refreshes every time somebody goes in or out of availability. So you can't hardly look at it. But if you go on the website and look at the names or you know someone, like you could type in Eden and then you would find me and it would tell you uh, to text a question and you would click that button double tap that button and it would put you on a text field and you would um, well before you even got to me it would ask you to pick your birth date and whether you're male or female and all that's pretty standard picker boxes and they seem to work fine.
1: So it sounds like essentially people fill out some simple information about themselves Mm -hmm. and then they just enter a question zip it off to you and eventually a reply comes back is that it?
2: It does. And the nice thing, Pete, is their first question is free.
1: Uh Well, then they can tell if they like you as their kind of advisor.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And then I usually, depending on the advisor and what kind of status they're on, because some people get to control their availability and we have to answer within 30 minutes, but some people are, always on and even when they sleep they just leave it on and they have four hours to answer so you're never going to wait more than four hours
1: well you must have some of these people sitting on the edge of their seats waiting to get an answer what type of questions do people send in
2: will i get the job i applied for uh will this guy marry me um why isn't my best friend talking to me
1: And now your answers probably are not as specific as, yes, you'll get a job offer on Thursday. What are typical responses like?
2: Sometimes I will say something like, I feel that you have done all you need to do to get this job. You have the qualifications. And I do sense you will get the job, and it's likely to come soon. And I can sometimes tell if it's just within the week or within the month. Um, Timing is... Some people won't do it. I will try. Mm -hmm. Do you ever
0: get feedback after the fact? You know, you told somebody, I think you'll get a job offer within a month. Do they ever tell you what happened?
2: Yes. In fact, I just saw a rating yesterday, which anyone could see on the app, where it said to me, I talked to two psychics and Eden said he would come by on my birthday. And this other guy said it would be longer. And Eden was right. So, I mean, yeah.
1: That's got to make you feel good.
2: (laughs) It does, but sometimes, guess what? Occasionally, you get, she was wrong. I liked her, but she was wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. And it happens, I'm not God.
1: (laughs) Then they go find someone else, I guess.
2: Not usually. That's the weird thing. If they at least connected with me and I got some sense of what was going on with them, Usually, people who go to psychics and tarot card readers, they realize, you know, that we're not infallible. Occasionally, you get someone who's just like, you were wrong, and I never want to talk to you again, but it's not as common as you think.
1: It sounds like you develop a relationship with many of your clients, then, in some sense.
2: Sure. Some of them tell me, uh, Eden, you talk to me more like a friend. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So you said your training originally, your education was in social work. Do you see a connection between your social work training and what you're doing as a tarot card reader?
2: Absolutely, because I have to say sometimes these people already know the answers to the question they're asking. And I'm not meaning this in a negative way. A lot of them really just need a counselor or someone to talk to. And I find that, That really helps me. I think in many ways, I use those skills more than my tarot card reading skills. So I'm glad I found a use for them. Even if somebody just
0: sent in the question via email and you don't know them from Adam and they say, will I get this job offer? How do you counsel somebody who you have so little information about?
2: The cards usually give me an idea of what kind of person they are. And I go with intuition. A lot of times... Just by the way they ask the question will tell you what kind of person they are. And then you can talk to them and then the, the cards, you know, usually give you an idea of what's going on if you know how to read them. And I think it's not just reading the cards for me. I read the people, too, because I like I said, I've always been super sensitive to emotions.
1: So it sounds like reading tarot cards has been both personally and financially rewarding to you how did your interest start in this did you have some experience with it before did you know people who did it
2: i knew people who did it a little bit and then i lived with my boyfriend's mom for a little bit we i lived, we lived with her and she's a tarot card reader and i just decided you know what? I had had a lot of illnesses, so I hadn't been working. I had just gotten rid of uh, some lymphoma cancer. So I wanted to get back to work. And I was just like, what can I do? Because I don't want to work outside the home. And I just started thinking about it. she's like, well, you know, I used to read tarot cards on the phone back in the 90s. So that was where that came from. And then I said, well, I'm reading books, but I'm not really learning fast enough. So then there's this lovely lady. I mean, literally, she provided me 20 hours of training for $500. So I had the training with her and I read a bunch and then I just started providing readings and dove in.
1: The other thing that's special about your story is you know, I can see myself sitting here with a pile of tarot cards and saying, okay, now how do I actually make money out of this? But you managed to make some connections either through these apps on your phone or through phone calls itself? How did that start out?
2: Well, I started looking on Google, you know, jobs first, online psychics. Uh, Most of these places hire psychics, they lump them all together. But you, you look at any kind of job, there's a psychic job center, which has a lot of things. And then you apply and then you get rejected like four times by the same company before you get greenlit.
1: So you were pretty persistent in pounding the pavement, looking for a job, and then eventually got your foot in the door someplace.
2: Exactly. And this job, the one I just got, I have been trying to get since I first started with the phone job two years ago, but they really wanted you to have a portfolio. But now that I have you know, over 100 ratings on eBay, and I could show them my other profile, albeit it wasn't my real name, but they could see it was me. And they were able to see, okay, this one actually knows what she's doing. They say they only take like 1% of the people, and I believe it.
0: Wow. So this is yet another one of these examples of, in order to get a decent job, you need to have experience, And as a beginner, you don't know how to get experience.
2: Exactly. I started with eBay readings. And the fact that I'd had a mentor that I could say I studied with this person, even though it's not an actual degree, I could, you know, say this is what I've done. And then they also have you provide test readings that I was lucky to get in. The first place I got in usually requires experience, too. But I was just lucky. But they paid like a third of what I'm making now.
1: Does most of your work come through this app these days, or are you doing it directly via phone calls?
2: Most of my work is through the app. That's why I started looking more seriously for something else, because the psychic phone world seems to be dying off a little bit. People are going more toward video and texting.
1: That's interesting. I would have thought that people would like the back-and-forth rapport of actually talking to somebody instead of sending in a question and then waiting several hours for a a one-line answer or something?
2: You would think that would be the case, and I I would have thought so too, but it, it just seems not to be. Maybe the phone readings are charging more. I don't really know.
1: So for people who wanted to maybe try this out, test out the waters, maybe get involved in something like this, do you have any advice for them?
2: Um honestly I would say you can either, you, you can go on Bookshare or Kindle and look at uh books about tarot um you can also go if you if you don't know how to do it you can do what I did and look at mentors honestly start googling the jobs and and start applying it's not hard it's just a lot of persistence and it's repetitive you have to apply and apply and Not get discouraged, and even if one place denies you, apply there again a month later.
1: And the one trick for a blind individual I should point out is that when you're using a screen reader, it pronounces it as tarot cards, but it's not spelled like it sounds, is it?
2: No, it's spelled T-A-R-O-T.
0: That should help people search for it. So it sounds like you actually had to learn how to do this what kind of characteristics would you recommend somebody have in order to expect to be successful?
2: First of all, you would need to be empathetic, be able to be understanding and kind to your clients. You would need to be able to, even if you were delivering negative information that they didn't want to hear, end with some sort of positive note. You need to be like basically, a really sincere, but not a person who gets overwhelmed by other people's, you know, issues. Like, not someone who's going to get depressed by hearing people in trouble all the time. Um, cause this is an independent contractor job. Someone who's very self motivated. There's no one going to keep track of you and make sure you're working. You know, just being responsive, being on top of what you're doing. And, being able to learn on your own a fair amount because even if you have a mentor it's it's a lot of learning and also being able to do more than just read the cards being able to weave a story together from different parts
0: That was not our normal breaker tune. That was an excerpt from Eden performing one of her compositions entitled Finding Light in the Dark. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about reading tarot cards and how to contact Eden.
1: So if people would like to learn more about tarot card reading or contact you, where would you send them?
2: I can't think of a specific tarot website I would send them to, but I'm certainly happy to answer questions and I can compile a list and give it to anyone who cares enough. My email is eden420 at comcast.net. You may also follow me on Twitter at, I'll spell this, l i nnea one zero four two zero. I know that's unusual. Linnea is my middle name, and it's also the name in, under which I record. And you can also follow me on Facebook. Um, I'm in Portland, Oregon, Eden Kaiser. And anyone can, you know, if you are going to friend me on Facebook, just tell me where you heard me from.
0: Can you remind people of the name of the app that you work with?
2: I can. It's Psychic P-S-Y-C-H-I-C space T-X-T. And you can search for Eden. And as I said, it's in the app store. You get a free question. No pressure to do anything, but I'm just letting you know so you can see what the app is like.
1: And as you mentioned earlier... For people who are interested in this, there are many books available, and you can even scour Bookshare to download books in an accessible format about tarot card reading.
2: There's loads of them on Bookshare. Like I said, I could even get people in contact with a mentor who's reasonable if that's something they want to do. I can provide, you know, ideas for people on how to approach some of these companies if they're really interested. I'm I'm happy to help.
0: Great, great. And where would people find your music?
2: People can also check out some of my music if they search for me on YouTube under Eden Kaiser, E-D-E-N space K-I-Z-E-R. There's some me just goofing around on different harps and also some of my keyboard music. If anyone actually wants to purchase any of the music, it's at... Linnea, L-I-N-N-E-A-1.bandcamp.com.
1: And as usual, all that contact information can be found in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net.
0: That's it for show number 1929. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about wild blind ice hockey. Wild Blind Ice Hockey is the companion team to the Minnesota Wild Hockey National Hockey League team and consists of visually impaired skaters of all ages. We'll talk with Lonnie Evans, the team's coach, about how the team came about, modifications used to make it possible to play with limited or no vision, and how much it all means to the players. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.